What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Bless. I'm kicking it with my co-hostess with the Moses. Let me know. And Thanks. today we have a very special guest, the voice of the city, yes, mm. a legend <laughs> in the Montreal rap game, a legend in the scene, and, uh, and, uh, and, and a pioneer uh, of urban radio. Gotta say that, Mr. Don Smooth. Welcome that. to the show. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for that fantastic intro. I still, I get that a lot. People say, you know, you're legendary, and I, I it feels kind of strange to hear that. Well, I think as we get older, yeah. consistency equals legendary. So said, I, like that. I guess mm, I like you know, that. consistency is like a fine wine. So right. we definitely have uh, uh, the one of the main voices in the city that you know, being from Montreal, being a young kid. Uh, growing up listening to hip-hop, always listened to this gentleman right here. Mm -hmm. Introduce yourself for anybody who might be, uh, you know, tuning in from other cities who might not be familiar well, with Well, yes, it. indeed. It's your truly Don Smooth, as you said. Voice of the city, holding it down in Montreal. Did the radio thing. Uh, man, last 14 years. I K-103. Not too long yes. ago. Street Sounds. You know what it is. The longest-running daily urban show, possibly, if not in Montreal, but in Canada. Amazing. Together. Congratulations you know, you on that. on a daily basis. Congratulations Thank you so much for that. Quick time out. In Canada? Blessed. Yeah, there was in no Canada, wow. real urban show on a daily basis. No, there I definitely was Not on a daily basis. Hmm. There definitely wasn't. No. So There definitely was. So longest running urban show. Yeah. Uh, when did you start? I started officially. I did my first show, Street Sound show, was in um, April. April 19th. 2004 i remember because it was a week after my 2004. birthday 2004 and i remember i was sitting down playing nba ballers <laughs> with my cousin i got the phone call i was uh called to come in that the time program director was cj christian jerome she said don can you come in and do the street sound show and i was like at that time street sound show was the that was the it of all like urban yes, in of montreal of course was like wow like yes i'm there i took two shots went down to the radio station and what started out was supposed to be like a two-week replacement ended up to 14 years well you did a fantastic job we were always tuning in always very inspired and what i loved about your show uh was that you know you always gave a platform to local artists who could come on and play their shit and you were always very supportive even of a cat such as myself but definitely. everybody else so definitely i appreciate that and and i'm sure the whole scene salutes you for that but How, you know not to interrupt you please but please a big part of that it was the fact that because i'm a dj first and foremost i was a dj for many years before that in the club scene heavy in the club scene and I always felt that, you know, we were always given the platform and the stage to, you know, the New York DJs or the Toronto DJs or the out-of-town DJs. So when I got in that position, I said, this is the time now. I'm going to ride with Montreal and I'm going to bring up Montreal as much as possible Absolutely. and promote Montreal. And you're one of the few people, I think, that actually use their platform to pull others up, mm -hmm. which is so important. And I always say that if there was more people such as yourself, Don, using their platforms to unify the scene, then we would be maybe in a lot different place industry-wise. Possibly, yeah. You know? But we'll I, get to I that think, after. I think, I think yeah, one of the main things on is that there's not a lot of industry here. So once you get to a certain level, there's not a lot to do. Right. Whereas guys like yourself and radio DJs, club DJs, guys like that, that's kind of the end-all be-all in our city. Yeah, It's unfortunate well, that but it what is. I, but what I'm saying is, is that if more people had used their platform to do what Don was fair, doing, fair. we would have had a lot more of a community and a lot more of an industry yeah. to, to give outlets to artists. Because I'm sure you, know, you could speak on this. I always felt, uh, you know, from an artist uh, perspective, that what was unfortunate is we never had a lack of talent. No. And we have a vibrant mm -hmm. nightlife. Very. 
uh, what I thought we ha- were missing was infrastructure and 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 industry, right? To, to be able to, to push after. those, not not after where to go, what outlets, right? Yeah. When you when, once you visit Don Smooth, and you play, you know, you open for whoever's coming to town. There was kind of a ceiling there, yeah. You know, and Music Plus wasn't really supporting English hip hop as much as they should have or could have, mm-hmm. you know. Definitely. And I mean, there was politics there, and props to them. But I feel like there was a few people who had uh, opportunities but didn't do what you did. So you know, well, definitely I was fortunate to that K one hundred three. After a while, they let me pretty much. I had carte blanche. I could do whatever I wanted. And that's very unique and that in radio. Is very unique. Amazing. You can tell people. You know Usually, I mean? people in Don's position, they're told by a program director. Yeah, you get this a is list. what you play. And that's if it. you don't play this, right, you're right, fired. Right, yeah. If you don't, if you play shit that's not on this list, you're fired. And don't stray from this subject when you talk. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but that see, I didn't realize that you really had carte blanche. You know, well, it didn't start off that way, obviously. Mm -hmm. When I came in, I had the playlist, Mm -hmm. I had the list of songs to play that I had to follow. Mm -hmm. And after it wouldn't even take that long, maybe after a couple of months, three, four, five months in, and they saw the reaction to the show and the vibe to the show, and the sales were good on the show, the advertising was good. They said, you know what? You just we trust you. Yeah. You play what you want to play. You structure the show. You make the segments that's that a you want to do. That's a unique position that they put you and in. And they gave me, they trusted in me. They gave, gave me that control, that power to do that. And I said, okay, bit by bit. I didn't do it overnight, yeah. but bit by bit. I said, okay, you know, I'm going to put this in. I'm going to like, I'm hearing these dudes. These dudes are nice. Like yeah. they need to be heard. Who else is going to play them? He was the first one. This is a bit of history. I don't know if you remember this, okay. but he was the first one. I had done a joint with Twista. Mm. When Twista was super popping, mm. and I brought it to him, and he he was he was the first one to ever play that joint, and it was actually produced by my homie Frank Dukes, who nice. went on to produce tons of shit for Drake and this mm. uh, this new pop singer Camila Caballero. Caballero. Right, he did her whole album. Wow. So See, Don Don was a major <laughs> uh, a major major uh, forefather in in promoting like Canadian hip hop before it was even like cool. That's, that's, I'm glad you said that. And I, I feel and I tell people I made really were, to man. play Montreal music. For some reason, people always, there was like always, and you know, because you're in the industry. Of course. There was always like a stigma. It's like, uh, it sounds Canadian. And I hated that. Like when yeah. people would say, oh, hey, 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 you know what, guys? Canadian. It's pretty fucking cool to sound Canadian, Canadian. now, huh? <laughs> hey, <laughs> you know hey the mean? rest of the world doesn't really mind this, uh, it's this, okay this unheard of Drake guy, huh? You, you know? know I mean? No, but it's crazy, right? Yeah. Because... And it's the and it, it loops right back to what I'm saying that people like yourself got a great position and did something cool with it, right? As Drake was able to do mm-hmm. for so many producers from Toronto and right. so many other people in the game. And just sometimes it, it just takes that one light to be shined on a scene or a city or an artist or a camp to expose it to yeah. the mass market and then everybody's like wow this shit's amazing everybody's paying attention exactly and and it's just the light that needs to be shined on that's it. it because we've always had talent i mean a track comes from montreal yeah. k tranada right. comes from montreal Definitely. tommy cruz tommy cruz bless high classified people killing it on the french side and there'll be more and more and more yeah. but without guys like don smooth Without people like us taking initiative to do a podcast, where do you go if you're a young, talented kid starting up? That's it. You're very limited. I mean, now you have more outlets, obviously, because you've got the internet. Of course. But then they always say, oh, well, you know, you're not buzzing if you don't have... Exactly. You can't go outside. But if home's not, there's no no microphone to talk into, what do you want to do? But you know what I, I came to realize, Bless, when I was doing that show? People in Montreal were not aware 
of our hip hop scene. Like the MCs, their friends and their circle, yeah. their entourage know of them. Divide division a but lot. But people on the outside, like just the average radio listener, were not aware of all of these dudes. Absolutely, they were making good music in the city, and then when it started coming out, they started you know having saying, an "Wow, this on is them. from it's Montreal." Like, wow, yeah. it's like this is good. But that's what it is. Sometimes, you know, it's like McDonald's and Burger King, they're mm -hmm. next door, yeah. or Esso and Petro Canada are next door, and people are going to pick between A and B. Yeah. So half of winning is just being there. Like when I put out my first record, just being on the shelf in HMV was that's a big huge. deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and now that retail's not really a thing anymore, you know, music-wise it's interesting that yes there are more outlets with social media yeah. and and podcasts and everything but it's also like a drop in the ocean yeah everybody could put everybody's content on, up everybody's on there what makes right? you stand out bingo and sometimes like if don smooth played your record and you had a release in hmv she that was a big deal you are you know what i mean yeah. and then that would open people's mind enough to say you know let me check check this guy's project i have a question don yeah um from the beginning which right. 14, 14 year uh, span on the radio. That's right. We, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. From 2004. From the beginning to the end. Yeah. What, not the biggest, because I'm putting you on the spot, but what are some of the biggest changes that you've seen from when you got on to when you left us? Biggest changes <laughs> in terms of as Montreal as, the as, scene? As far as the music scene goes, what have you seen like a, a, in general. a progression? Ideally, something positive that we can we can yeah. fall back on. But I mean, what have you seen as far as when you got on to where you left it? Let's call it. And well, you, know I, you didn't leave it because you're still very much present. But yeah, definitely. You know I, I, mean? ju I just left that chapter's closed, exactly. and I'm still going. The radio segment that, yeah. that part of your 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 history. Yeah. What what was the most biggest? Difference? I'll tell you one of the uh, biggest. There's there's many. Right. But um, one of the biggest things that I've seen as someone like I said, I've been in the Montreal scene for years as a club DJ before the radio and all that. But I think it was 2010-ish, 2011, when I saw a sold-out show, Corona Theater. It was mm. the Bad News Brown show. Mm. It yes. was like 20 or 30 local acts, mm -hmm. and it was sold out. The I've new never show. seen that. New Money. Uh, yes, the New, new money. money Showcase. It was money. all Montreal talent, oh, yeah. no out-of-towners, yeah. and it was full. Shout out and Bad what, News Brown, RIP. Yeah, man, course. a big RIP mm -hmm. to, to Bad News Brown and much Matt Dutch Garner, who's a big part of that. Of and course, huge, likewise, RIP. What I was looking out at the crowd, I was on the stage, I was DJing for the show, and people were rapping along to a lot of the music. And I was like, this and that's is even not pre-social media, but that's at the beginning. Yeah, that's MySpace. Yeah. That's the beginning of that's YouTube. The early days people of weren't really everything. discovering no, everything online, close to what it was now. This was solely off of the strength of hearing these songs on radio and then what the cats were doing with it. Solely off the strength of pretty much your show. Well, because let's be radio, there was yeah. nobody. A lot of it had I mean, there was the Masters show? at Work yes. who were also supportive, yeah. but they were only on for two hours once a week, yeah. whereas yeah. Don was on. I was beating it in their heads for four nights, uh, four nights a week. And another thing Don did, he was the first one that announced Bless being in the video game. Mm. Yeah. He, the the Def Jam game. We had spoke and he was like, "Yo, can I talk about it?" And I'm like, "As of this date, my non they made me sign a non disclosure." So, so I'm like, "As it. of yeah. as of whatever it was, October, November, go for it." And I remember he uh, he talked about it on the radio and people were like losing their minds. Big people deal. were coming up to me. I just heard, "Is this <laughs> is this true?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Because that was not a big yet. deal. Like, it that was. was huge. It like, was. You know, you were in one of the biggest, most popular video games. To this day? To this day? People find me on social media and yeah. they're like, holy fuck, bless from Def Jam fight for New York. <laughs> I don't think they know like like certain dudes in pockets of the States right. know me for the game. Yeah. I don't know if they know a lot of my music, but they definitely but they, know they me know for the, the game. game. I swear, random, all that matters. Random the catalog places. they'll get to, you're in the game. 
Well, and, and our songs were in the game too, which exactly, was great. Right. But but no, that was definitely a big help and came totally around. That was a huge look for the city. And Don announced it. Yeah. You see, again, using his platform to push not just myself, but countless other people. And I would say you and Shahid are kind of the only people. And of course, Masters at Work. Of yeah. course, shout out to those guys because they've been very supportive. But you're talking about a handful of guys in a city of millions. Yeah. And that is something that we have to address. And we, as being some of the OGs in this, in this game locally, need mm -hmm. to change. Right. Yeah. We need to have a dozen outlets for everybody to politic, come together, talk their shit, and collaborate. And you know, when we have those outlets and people could come together, you see... You the know, creativity. Creativity. Yes. Like there was so much unity during that time. Of course. And uh, Lem knows that, you know, we even sparked out. We started doing West is Major. We were doing shows out in Bourbon them. Street yeah. in the West Island. And yeah. these were that was fun, weekly hip-hop shows in the West Island. Dudes were coming from Uptown, DG, Amazing. Burgundy. I think that was the craziest Everybody part. was coming to the West Island at Bourbon Street for hip-hop shows on a weekly basis to watch local talent. I had never seen that before. That's right. There was a unity. That's right. And there was cats from all over. And I say, and this, all, I say this all the time, and uh, I'd love to get your take on it. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like we can only blow up like as long as there is a, a sense of community around yeah. an artist well, we were there we were there i mean to go back on what you just said don yeah. uh when you have the boy blues and the eye blasts and the magnums and they're all in the building even bad news and dutch rest in peace they were both in the building like, yeah. for some of those shows like yeah. when you have that much talent in one room then people are going to start messing with each other they're going to start doing songs together and, and, there was and what, a sense of unity there that i don't think has ever and what i'm trying to repeat it since right and, and what i'm trying to say is obviously unity is super important but it's never about one artist or one producer no. or one project it a it's a it's the movement that you know it's like a politician yeah the president or the prime minister he's the guy who delivers the message yeah. but there's a pyramid of people right. helping make those decisions everything got to get signed off on and then the the guy who's elected delivers the message an artist is like a politician mm -hmm. he's delivering the message drake's the head of state right now for canada <laughs> but there's a hundred people making a full-time living off the success oh, of drake plus yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. a movement all onto his own and what i would love for me Maybe uh, artists and creatives and people in the business uh, or trying to get into the business to, to, to take away from what I'm saying is, mm. is the more we work together, the more food's going to be on the plate for all 100. of us. Well, it goes you know back to the saying? old time scene, the saying, there's strength in unity, right? And, there is. And I Absolutely. saw it at that point. Yeah. Like he mentioned also, a lot yeah. of people were collaborating. A lot of people that probably would not even have spoken to each other before. Mm -hmm. Everybody was collaborating. Absolutely. Everybody was coming out to see what the other person was doing. And everybody Rather was, than competing with each other. It makes you rise. Other. It makes the, 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 the competition, the quality. Of course. And up. no one artist ever does it himself. No. There is team of producers, teams of management, showcases that he's doing with other artists, nights that are yeah. trickling off yeah. after party events and everybody down to busboys and and waiters are making money <laughs> off of that you know, you know what i'm saying though? it's true though. it's an industry yeah. and a lot of people don't realize that the reason the states always dominated in hip-hop is because they've had an infrastructure and an industry monetizing hip-hop culture since the 80s yeah we were late to that party yeah but look what happens when a canadian gets in office that's crazy and just, That's just crazy. growing and growing and growing. Just, just to add to it, for those West is major shows, and I know the the new money show, every artist got paid. Yeah. 
I mean, whether it was fifty or a hundred dollars, it wasn't yeah. a lot. It's the appreciation. Everyone, exactly. Everyone got. I mean, that's the DJs right. got. Everyone got a little something. I mean, yeah. that's right. no one's walking away with like thousands, but like there was but a nice like, ride hey, left with like five or six hundred bucks. I was we like, appreciate. Or as opposed to before that, they were getting hit up by promoters saying, "Well, you want to come and open a show, tickets. perform, sell some tickets, or drop me some bread." So and we that's it's all we pay to different. play now. So I think that might be a major difference. That now it's totally become pay to play, in my opinion. Yeah. You know what I mean? People solicit artists to open it's not about shows, the talent anymore and they just say okay i want two g's for the slot well, it's the same thing as with djing as well right it's like nowadays it's more what can you do for me that's can right you can you pack up my club 100%. do you have skills can you mix well okay. doesn't matter but doesn't I, have, matter. I have thirty thousand followers you can bring x amount of people that's right you got the gig right. whereas yeah. before it was strictly about talent strictly about skill. and it had to be proper and your party was embarrassing yeah if there was yo, if you had mad people at your party and your DJ wasn't on point, oh my god, people talk. You about might it. get beat up. People talk about yo, it. Yo, you bottles. might get rushed. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, yo, like I come from the Gary T days. Yeah, YG. yeah. Gary was managing me when I was a kid. Shout out to Gary T. He Shout out to me. Gary T. <laughs> See what I'm saying? He discovered me just, as a DJ. I just bumped into Gary T in the neighborhood nah. on Fielding. Uh, I just seen him on the corner. I was picking up something from UPS. Who's that, Bless? Standing <laughs> on the corner. He said, what you doing now? You not rich for music yet? Gary T was one of those guys who, you know, along with Ricky, Shahid, Don, you know, uh, started the scene. Yeah. You well, know, that's, that's where I want to go. What's some of your earliest memories, Montreal hip hop, even before the DJ stuff? Because actually, we, why don't we start here? Sorry okay, to cut go, you off. Go, 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 go. How does Don Smooth start as a DJ? Boom, How did you fall boom, in love with the culture? Where did you start? Way before Don Smooth. <laughs> How much time the radio. We have? we have as much time for you. We have as much time. You know what? I, I, I was a music lover from a young, from a from a child. I, I always loved music, and it was. All kinds of music. What'd you grow up listening to in your house? Was it was it uh um soul music? A lot of soul music. Like who? Give me uh, names. The uh, not the obvious. Otis Redding. Yes. The Isleys. Uh, the the Isleys. The OJs. Uh, not so much no. the OJs because I grew up in a West Indian household, right? Okay. So that was majority, my next question. It was majority calypso and reggae, but there was the Sam Cooks in there and the okay. Benny Kings mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you know some Teddy Pendergrass. Here Basically, and there. the best shit on earth to sample. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> That has been sampled to shreds. Stuff. And was something about me, I was, you know, because my, my, my family, they used to party a lot. And a big thing with me was like the old school turntable, put the turntable on, of you could stack records on it. Playing dominoes. And, yeah. Drinking And I rum. would be the one going and changing the records. And I, I was just fascinated about the whole vinyl and watching yep. it turn and the music and watching the reaction from people. And then, uh, I, mean, I, I don't want to date myself, but I remember going to like Sam the Record Man and Sherman's as a kid in elementary school and I, I remember I high school 45 playing video games that sound the record man they used to have the demos <laughs> and we go skip school and play there I but went yeah to so it, it started from from then and i've always i was always a music lover something that probably people will know about me way before dj and i was i played saxophone i played guitar i actually sold my guitar as a teenager to buy hmm. turntables so i was always very very into music, music so heavy musical influence in your household what part of the city did you grow up in I grew up in Park Extension. Park X. And that's where old I met Gary T. He grew up in that school. neighborhood. He was like one of the OGs at the time old when I was a young, young yeah. kid coming up. Le Chateau, you want to know one of my oldest memories? There was a breakdancing group. This is like I'm talking the Beat Street breaking era. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm so glad that I, I got to witness the birth of a lot of it firsthand. Like mm -hmm. a lot of the kids will come up now. They'll see the movies. They'll read about it. But I witnessed right. the dudes in the park breaking. And, and not just talking, that. talking 80s? I'm talking the yeah, 80s. 80s, like, like 80s Mid-80s. Mid 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 to late 80s. Yeah. And you know what? And this is another thing I'm curious to get your perspective on because, you know, uh, you're a little older than me. Mm -hmm. What I felt made guys like us 
music lovers was it was a little harder mm-hmm. you had to go collect the records oh, you had to sure. find the single you oh, had to find sure. the 12 the maxi single the 12 oh, inch big time. The, you know what I mean so there was a, there was a certain amount of work yeah that went into Hunters it Hunters and gatherers and then, a, no, and then there was a amount of though. pride yeah you understand the man had to sell his instrument to be able to try and DJ, yeah. not to get gigs, just to see if yep. he had what it took to call himself a DJ. Yeah. Then he had to carry crates <laughs> of vinyl, schlep them around, <laughs> and then he had to collect them. I don't miss them. that. No, That's nobody one thing does. I don't miss. <laughs> but it made it special. It made it special. It made it special that, you know, there was certain back then I loved the record, the the, the record, the crate digging. Mm-hmm. You know, we would go to uh, still Wow, yeah, or you know whatever the record store. What Barry, but near Barry, near Barry Metro, they had that spot. There. You know what I mean? What, and what you, was it? The, the you, spot name? Hold on, wait, wait. Near uh, it was on St. Catherine, next to where the Burger King is. Mars upstairs. Oh my gosh! Are you <laughs> serious? <laughs> I just I just hit you with that with that throwback. Wow, <laughs> you remember That's that guy? going back. You remember that guy? There was like an old like like chubby dude that was like he looked like a cartoon character or what okay. about when taboo <laughs> and they had they had every record ever made there but yeah, yeah, yeah. it was dusty and disgusting dude there was labyrinth there was so many labyrinths yes, back then. yes and then there was like the 99 cent stores around yes, barry where you, yes. you go digging like blessed for the samples and for like some old stuff we were, we were digging for that was such heavy. that was a big part of it that was an era. the digging like to go and hell oh man yeah. i found this and i found that and Hell yeah, I I, can't, I miss that part of it, but I definitely, like we said before, I don't miss carrying them crates. Listen, technology <laughs> antiquates everything. Yeah. And we can't complain, but there was a level of, you know, it was work. Yeah. And you had to put in your work and pay your dues on every level oh, big to time. even call yourself hip hop. Right. Like if you come with those shoes, you see what he has on? Mm-hmm. I know the camera probably won't Are those forces? Damn, you got to get the shoes. No, bro. Okay. We, those we are got- the SC trainers. <laughs> Those are the SC trainers. You got the bows on the, the bottom. The Bo Jackson <laughs> SC trainers, bro. So it's like, just to have that shit, it's like for those who know. Yeah. Can't order that online. It's like, Definitely where did you not. find them? Yeah. yeah. And you and you better be real to keep them too. Because you got to wear those. That's you gotta right. You got to get home with them. <laughs> and that's the era. Like, everybody always is like, oh, man, you're, you're, so, you're such a hard ass. Like, you know, the, the culture's for everybody, but not everything is for everybody. That's right. Not no, everything you're, you're should old be you, for everybody. You're old school in that, old in, that, soul. in that, like, like <laughs> in that grandfather old school way of hip hop. You know what I mean? There's there's a way, there's a right and a wrong. And bless the young old school. Right. Like, he, a, he was a kid coming up. I was a baby then, but I was looking up to guys like, like Don, where I'm like, yo, I better make sure I have my P's and Q's. I better make sure I have my, uh, my, uh, my, um, what's the expression? My, uh, got your A game on. No, not the A, my, <laughs> my, 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 the I dotted and Dot the, the I's across the T's. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. I've, I've been drinking. Um, I better make sure my shit is tight because at the end of the day, I think this culture of ours, this hip hop shit, it was serious back then. It was. It was. There was. It was more serious. It was very authentic. Not to say that's not authentic now. There's. There's a lot of great artists coming out yeah. now, and there's a lot of amazing shit. But back then, like you were getting checked. If you call you yourself a out. DJ or an MC, number one, you have to battle. Like for example, them days, <laughs> if you come out <laughs> yeah. as a DJ, and you mix off, the crowd will stop. Oh yeah, you gotta look problems. at you. Yeah. Like, and and you make you feel stupid. Like. If there was very small room for error. And if you're an MC error. and you're not dope, they're on you. Oh man, they might bottle you. They might throw something at you. You're getting r- rushed off stage. Like that's a fact. And yeah. and you had to be. And I mean, this is you guys are talking, so I'm gonna stay out because I. This is before my time, but at the same time, I know that uh, there was a level of you had to be out in the public, and you had to like 
Oh yeah, because there's no social media. Right? We, you had to like show yourself off in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're a rapper, you're a DJ. You gotta be in the clubs. Even if you're not working a promotion, exactly. you gotta be in the clubs. One hundred like like when when uh, I went on his show several times, like we would call each other. Yeah. And talk like normal people, and right. we would have a rapport. <laughs> yes, we would have a rapport when he brought me on his show. Dude, perfect. It was a genuine rapport, so it was a good conversation. Perfect examples tonight. You're like Don Smooth's coming. I'm like, no fucking way. Oh yeah, Don I didn't even tell him. Oh, I just surprised cool. him. I said, yo, I'm gonna call some of my people. I'm gonna, I'm gonna book some guys to come on. And, and, and like I was telling you guys off air, like this is the first time I've done an interview since the Noisy One with Vice about two, yes. three years ago. Right, yes. which is really amazing. I do a whole bunch of interviews. I like being on the other side of it. But well, thank you for coming. When you called me and I and realized what you know, you showed me the trailer of what mm -hmm. you're doing. I was mm -hmm. like, I know you do your shit right thank and you. it's proper. Like thank I'm not just gonna jump on. Appreciate and do anything for the sake of doing it, but I said I know you, you do your stuff right. So thank you, brother. I said, I if I come called, through. it might have been a different story. <laughs> no, I'm uh, say that. This, slump, this sloppy. I might have guy. come next week. <laughs> Respect. Well, that's why I'm the one making the calls. But um, let's make the calls, please. Moving along, so yeah. you start out. You're in love. You know, you're surrounded by music yeah. as a child. You sell your you sell your your guitar. Yeah, so my my Fender Stratocaster, my black Fender Stratocaster. Nice. Wow. And I got pretty nice on it too. And I can read I music bet. and all of that. I bet. But there was just something about the DJ and I was like, I want to try and get into so this. So how long from you practicing in, in the crib till you starting to play? I'm sure it was house parties, block parties, um, church parties. Yeah, a lot of house of parties, school parties. Plus he's from old school. You know bro. what I mean? That's what it was uh, for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And then I got like my big show. Once again, shout out to my dude, Gary T. I opened up for... Um, it was, I want to say Public Enemy. That was one of the first shows I went to. Mm. It was the Ice Cube Steady Mobbing Tour 1992. Oh, I, oh, I remember hearing. The they chased Theater. him or something with some crazy well, story. Cool. There was some, some, you know, there was some, some kind of funny things see, going on with story. Coolio. Yeah. There was some funny oh, issue okay, with Coolio. Okay. Yeah. was acting kind of funny. Mm. Uh, it was Del the Funky Homo Sapien. And that was my I first show. Glyphs. And I was like, wow. It was amazing. And you DJed time. the show? I DJed the show. Wow. Was an amazing experience. And then from then on, it was him and Sane DJing every fucking show. Yeah, we show. were right. in the same era. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. right? And Sane became my DJ because yeah. Don Smooth was on the radio and the rest was history. Oh, like, it was crazy. These was were the times. guys. Um, quick one. Yeah. Best show and worst show. And worst, show say, worst show, there's a few. Kay. But the first one that popped into my mind was Lloyd Banks at Rainbow Ice, the name was different at the time. Mm. He came on and uh, he had a little bit of attitude and was like, he was going back and forth with somebody in the crowd and rubbed somebody the wrong way. And then like he hit somebody with a microphone and ah. then pandemonium broke out. I just saw glasses were flying everywhere. You want to hear stage. a good one. I don't oh. know if you remember, but mm. when he came back, mm -hmm. I was the special guest on the Lloyd Banks tour. Wow. But we was at the Dome. Okay. And the crowd was not receptive. See, it's interesting you said that because I didn't realize that it happened at probably a bit that's, before that's at Rainbow White. Oh, and somebody bad. threw a bottle and fucking and hit Lloyd Banks and Who Kid was playing and they weren't they were like gonna like cancel the show. Hmm. And we had done 14 cities. We had right. done all of Canada. It was a great tour and this was the only the only bumpy yeah, stop yeah, he, was here. It bumps in Montreal because and he and they took off. Like they didn't even go to the hotel. They got in the tour bus and they left and went wow. to the next stop. Lloyd Banks not welcome in Montreal. Hey, Lloyd uh, Banks doesn't have a good not, rap not here. that night, definitely not. It's funny that he brought up Lloyd Banks. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna try and cue some footage of that uh, of that night. I have that Oh, it's somewhere. on YouTube. Oh, and, that, and, the, and the, you the even fight? got dirt work as as Lloyd was running out. They were capturing it, and he's aren't you? G -g 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 you and that, and like you just wow. see Lloyd like making a dash running wow. out of the venue. <laughs> it's on YouTube. You can see that right okay. now. That's Google great. that. 
yeah. give us another horror story because these are fun. <laughs> this oh fun. wow! Horror then, then a good one after that, please. I don't know because the, the the worst pops in like it's always it comes to the mind uh, quickly. Uh, another horror story. This is great. Oh man, there was one. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name any names. Well, you can't tell his story. No, but, but someone story. someone grabbed a mic and was upstairs while a guy was performing. Oh no, I forget horror what show that story. Was. And this is like not even like amusing horror. Was when Rick Ross came. That oh, was probably. I one of the worst a girl got a stiletto in the head oh or something. it was bloody it was <laughs> like i don't even think he got two songs deep maybe, yeah maybe and the two cops songs after in. that the but why, 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 i mean there was a lot of hostility it. like there was like you know well it the, also the gathered the wrong crowd there was yeah it you know all the eclipse were there so that creates a vibe from the jump from mm -hmm. the beginning right 100%. there people 100%. are very hostile and then he went on he started performing and there was a lot of stuff you know rumors before the show saying that he was warned you can't come and perform here in Montreal and blah, 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 blah. And certain people are going to show up. And it just turned into pandemonium. And like you said, like a girl got, was bleeding. She I got remember. I don't know if it was yeah, a shoe or a I bottle. It was, a, it was, a, it was. I was upstairs. And if you know the, the Olympia venue, bottles were flying upstairs oh, into the bottle. And you know Bottles what? were flying everywhere. And you know, it's such a nice venue. Yeah. Olympia is a beautiful venue. Shout out my homie, Patrick. He's uh, one and of the owners. And it is. a great venue. And, and great uh, management there. Yeah. And you know, they do, they always do top-notch shows. And I remember talking to him and he was like, what do you think of this Rick Raw? And I said, I think it's a great booking. This is gonna be pandemonium, and and it was a, it was it was a bad look for Montreal at that time because yeah. here we are we're getting Rick Ross. This was the height, like you know, in the height of Zay Rick Ross. was like, yeah. you know, and for them, like for me, I never understood you coming to a show to 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 carry on, and you don't like to Rick look for Ross, a problem. you not feel just don't go to the show, but yeah. to come into the show and just ruin it for everybody. But what was this? Oh seven, oh eight vibes, oh nine, something like that. So it this, was during the BMF times. Yeah, so that's attracting a vibe. Yeah. A rowdy vibe. But if you hate Rick Ross, I don't think they don't hate him. The I don't show. think they hate him. I think a lot of knuckleheads yeah. wanted to show off to their homies mm. to be the guy who's going to create it was said, Like there was Rick words, Ross. we're going to fuck up the show. Like it was said before, but mm. you know, people went ahead and did the show regardless. Like mm. people always say things. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? yeah, sure. But that show, like I felt bad at that show really because I seen people up. getting hurt yeah. and I seen like yeah. the glass and it was just crazy. And I remember I was actually with bad news of that show upstairs. We ended up at one point. And we just pulled back to the wall and yeah. we're just like watching him like, what the hell is going on in here? There was a lot of nights like that. <laughs> it was crazy. You see, that was, that was the dark side to hip hop progressing uh, commercially. Yeah, yeah. The those, right? those were the far and few in between. I want to say that. Right. Yes. That's not the yes. norm. No, was not the like, norm. Like I said, I had to, you know, really think about that. I one. got like, one yeah. when Biggie didn't make it across the border. Well, I, I got the, I got the call about that, so I didn't even bother going downtown. They tore up the fucking club. I'm, there was I'm a under riot. the impression that's when Montreal hip hop started. <laughs> was Biggie didn't show up? Nah, that's the first thing ready. that I ever heard about Montreal okay, hip hop. Okay. Was Biggie didn't show up? Like I don't know anything before nah, that. Bro. Please fill me in. What, um, like, I remember. Was, I remember the show. I remember getting the call during the day because that was like huge. Huge. Like Biggie Smalls is coming huge. to Montreal. Like, I was that a baby. was big. I was like twelve, so it, was, I it had to been like ninety. Four ish, ninety five ish. Well, he was, gone. It was It was height of his first album. In the height of his shit. I don't think the second. I don't think life after that. No, he never made it. No, he never. Because he was. You know what's interesting? Sorry to cut you off. Yo, Biggie and Pac did not tour a lot. No. There's very limited footage. In fact, Pac There's that never came to Canada. No. There's the House of Blues show. That's all that I've ever seen. That was local. And Biggie went to Toronto. And Biggie went to Toronto with a famous Rap City interview yeah. and they're playing pool downstairs yeah. um, on, what's the club? Richmond Street, I believe. There used to be a little pool hall downstairs okay. around the corner from Much Music. But yeah, Biggie came like once. Pac never came. No. Touring... These guys were selling so many records they and generate. They and back then the venues were not really receptive to hip hop. Like I, I read some stuff oh. on you just 
prepping before you got here. Mm. And you were saying that some of the early shows were in cafeterias. My first show. Um, here we go. Here we go. My first show was Flavor Unit. It was wow. Audio two. I was, was like, Jay, was, was Jay Z like part of Flavor old. Unit on no, that tour? No, not yet? even. There was Jay Z didn't even exist at that time, or at least not to the world. Anyway, yeah. yeah. It was like audio. Oh, sorry. Two. It was original Flavor that original brought him. Flavor, not uh, Flavor Unit was uh, Queen Latifah and them. K, yes, yes, yes. That's who it was. In the early days was Marymount High School. Mm. Was the venue? What about when Public Big Daddy Enemy came? Big what about Daddy Big Daddy Kane came? Eighty eight. In a Eric high school. Being Rocket, it was at Marymount Cafeteria. They used to go to the, the school. Where but, I went to summer school. day, right? It no, was... no, they were nighttime shows. Okay, in fine. the cafeteria, though. But like, Public Enemy. And James Ling. No stage? James Ling or was in the... Yeah, stage. yeah, they always had a stage set up. Okay. Yeah. But it was like, like these dudes used to come down those days and stay at the promoter's house. Right. Like, there was no They were just riders. happy to come out and play. There was no entourage. Yeah. They got on a plane. No work permits. It was $1,000. Came to Montreal, like... did a show. Yeah. They slept at the promoter's house and went back to New York. Yeah. That's how it was back then. And you know what? Those, but some of those shows were incredible. They were like that was the early days and the the, the infancy stages of what hip hop. We call the golden when era. it was the golden era, mm -hmm. but it was still so raw. Yes, it wasn't on the radio at all. It yeah. was not in clubs at all. Mm -hmm. It was just like for yeah, those who know, those right. who know. It was for the coolest of the cool. Yeah, for those who it was know. that it was super underground. Do you remember? This is a bit later when KRS One came to Metropolis, step into a world. Yes, <laughs> that changed yes. my um, perspective on what a what's expected if you call yourself an MC, wow. how to rock a wow. crowd. Yeah, just a microphone and turntables. He goes no gift. above. He rises High. above and above. When you talk about being an MC, right, master of ceremony to control the crowd. Stage presence, charisma, um, um, and confidence. Yeah. Sheer fucking confidence. Karras could rock a stage without even singing a song. Exactly. Like he doesn't even have to And just his talk, like Yo. he's, he just gets everybody amped and everybody moving. Like I, I never saw nothing like 100%. that. 100%. Like I never saw Karras like commands that. a stage. One of the, like one of the best seen. live performers? Hells yeah. yeah. Hands yeah. KRS, yeah. yeah. And no bells and whistles. No fireworks, okay. no live band, no I've nothing. never had the privilege, but I will say Busta Rhymes is the best I've seen live. Listen, Busta's energies, and we don't need to debate it. I, I, won't I won't disagree with you at all. But but can fair, I say something? Fair. Busta wouldn't perform the way he did if it wasn't for guys like KRS and oh, They set the standard. Those they are the dudes that set standard. the bar. And, and, I, and I had never seen anyone. Yes, I've seen The Roots put on crazy shows, and I've seen great shows. But KRS, just the mic? Yeah. And his DJ? You know, I think a lot of that comes from the fact that he was in the early days of video also. Mm. Whereas everything was on your live performance. Great point. You know what I mean? Great a lot point. of that was on your live. Your, it, it your was live all show live. was the your The bridge video. is over, all that. That exactly. was your You're right. video. You're right. So when they came and brought it, like You're a lot right. of the cats now, everything is video, blah, blah, blah. Yes. But it's all visual. It's all Nothing's visual. in real time. It's not in real time. But you're right. Karis one came from a school yeah. where if you hit that stage, you better destroy it or your, or your career is done. You and your career could be done. Yeah, there won't be another <laughs> performance. If somebody, you know, and you remember there was that famous story when uh, BDP rushed the stage and threw PM Don off. That oh, was I like a legendary oh, story. Really? Yeah, PM Don <laughs> was reaching a certain level of commercial yeah. success. And, and KRS just like, give me that mic. Yeah, they just rushed him and just took advantage and just Sick. BDP takeover. That was a That's crazy. But yeah, Karis one always stood out to me yeah. live. It was crazy. And I would like to say that, yeah, Busta too. Of course. Busta's up there. I remember, what, was, it the, was it the Rock the Mic tour? It was the one, it was the one where uh, Bone Crusher started. 
That's the Rock the Mic tour at, at, at the Bell Center. It was, it was 50 and Snoop. Bone Crusher, Fabulous, Snoop. Mm. And Buster came in like somewhere, I think, between Fabulous and 50 Cent in them. And he killed absolutely it. killed it. Oh, and he was yelling at a girl in the crowd and saying, he's like, if you don't put your hands up, I'm going to fuck up your outfit. And started throwing water <laughs> at her. And the crowd like, but his energy is like. Yeah, yeah, his energy is out. And give show. respect to Splipstar who throws him on like another level. He propels yeah. him to another level. One of the best hype men Definitely. maybe ever. Do you remember smoking, smoking. Grooves. i knew you were gonna say that i knew you were but gonna maybe say that. not the one not the one with gangstar the one that i the saw one the one with tribe fuji's no. in cypress hill yes yes Ooh. when they were throwing when the strike when, when the uh, bell center first opened the molson but, center or whatever they were but throwing the, doobies oh i'm thinking cypress that was the yeah, first cypress one. it was cypress i'm thinking tribe. Like jerry stadium right with, that's with the fuji's. one with gangstar that's the one with gangstar. 98 i think and with rampage 99. was there yes, as well yes, yes, and yes. that's when the black eyed peas were yes. still underground i took the black eyed peas to tokyo when they were here for that show it was a tuesday night my homie Murad was doing uh one of one of the few underground hip-hop nights had to be 98 99 Before and the 97 that one I with black eyed so. peas i believe so whatever it off, was whatever you could so. be right because i had the t-shirt so i was like 15 i was yeah. sneaking into the night <laughs> i took i took black eyed peas to this night and there used to be a lot of b-boys you know what i'm saying and it was like all underground hip-hop like the ruckus days and all that and amazing will i am and his boy we were just fucking breakdancing in the middle of tokyo just fucking amazing. getting it and in they were, bro um, they were great then great they were great some then. might say better shout out will i am that's yeah. how i met him do you get a, a fergie back then no, no. that was pre-fergie no, days no. that's what I that's when they were like underground backpack rappers backpack rappers and amazing dancers yeah crazy the asian dancers. dude was there yeah all, was from the all of them were there but fergie okay but fergie, no they, female they brought in her yeah, in to like kind of like diversify the label force that was like her. that's the joint that's the jam days right exactly that's when that turn that shit up boom 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 bro i showed up with black eyed people don't even know who the fuck not they were. i'm like yo these guys are gonna be big and they were just that. like yo we just want to dance mm. and to this day i was in uh you know me them the yeah. music conference i went to meet them like five six years ago and i'm in the south of france and I'm in the lobby of the Majestic Hotel, which is like the W or whatever right, right. conference. Yeah. And I see Will I Am. And like people are like trying to like take pictures and shit. And you know, I just I'm just there on betting and say nothing. And he's like, Oh what, you're not gonna say hi. I go, What you recognize me? <laughs> no, that's cool, you're hard to forget. Like, you're a character. He's like, Come with me, let's go get drunk. So they, these guys, man, you that's how you could tell a pro. They never fucking forget a face. Yeah. Right. They never forget. And I don't that's think he remembered cool me from like ninety seven. We had met many times after. You, but right. we, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um that was that was a memorable one. But yeah, smoking grooves, the other one when right. it was Fuji's cypress hill and uh tribe and they were throwing joints on stage like oh, garbage bag yeah. bro i didn't go but i heard I was tribe and fuji's absolutely killed it yeah. i think that was the first that was the bell center right the or, first stadium I, I was the bell center yet. i think it was molson, molson center, center. it was the that first was the stadium. first hip-hop show i believe that's right that wow. was held in the that's stadium. pre uh what was the one the, with jay-z Jay and yeah. um the hard knock life exactly that so that's the beginning of yes. these multi-stadium you know tours that's when hip-hop just went to a whole right. nother level. i remember me and my boy tfs um we snuck onto the floor because we had shitty tickets mm. and my boys were all older than me you know what i mean and i'm like a little ass kid with, with all my homies and shit and they're like yo come on man we're gonna we're gonna rush the barrier and, and right. get in the pit and i'm like yo i'm too small for all that you know what i'm saying <laughs> yo we had the craziest time everybody's there we we snuck we got right up to the front row 
and it was just like Fuji's with a live band, like Foo La La La, like All holy fuck, and tribe, and tribe with the stadium, tribe like, shut it down, magical. And I remember, yo, we had such a good time. And when I got home, I had an all white polo rugby with a big ass footprint on my. <laughs> and not to say somebody kicked me on purpose, but it was just so hype Who in the knows? pit it was that, the little, that the little Mitch just got a I, little. I, I remember <laughs> way way back. Uh, you just like you you've just struck a chord with me where there'd be all these like like privileged people in the front row let's call it mm. and then the second the like the main act would happen <laughs> oh yeah once, the lights, go, once, once the lights go down relegated to the back like sorry you're 300 seats you're, you're there <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're here now blessing his boys are coming <laughs> it was really blesses boys and me <laughs> on their shoulders trying not to get ragged all around also i was 12 or 13 yeah, right so, right you know. right <laughs> but yeah that was magic man and that's like that's what i'm talking about you know even from like an industry standpoint I'm, yeah. I'm sure like you could speak on this the production value of an album was so high because you couldn't just make a uh, an album on your homie's laptop in no. somebody's crib no. back then it cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to make these albums to properly so sonically to do anything musically. sonically like, it sounded so incredible the production life. was a big deal oh yeah money wise and then you had to press this vinyl oh Talk Press about the that. CDs and get it. Talk out. about that. You know, what I mean, that's a the big vinyl deal. costs five Gs, but what about the mail out? You know yeah. what your FedEx bill was sending it to all the Don's moves all over North America. That's wow. a, that's a big advantage that the cats have now that you guys didn't have. Big back advantage. Then. During that time, it was like you shades of culture. There was mm -hmm. only a handful. I'm making a video. N Narcy, Narcy, of course. Mm -hmm. Narcy, but Narcy came a little after. A little later. Yeah. A little after. Later, yeah. But I remember, you know, Bless for sure was, and it was hard to put that out. Like yeah. to the graph work, to do the artwork and all yeah. that. Like he said, you weren't doing that on the laptop back then. <laughs> no. You were going to a designer Everything and a print shop thousands of and dollars, you were paying bro. big money. Pressing yeah. vinyl was not cheap. And, and then shipping mailing vinyl it out, was even more you know, expensive. Vinyl is not light. And then you had to do the CDs mm -hmm. and all of that. And, and there's, there's an advance or there's something that, that's owed yeah. that is already put out. So now you have like a responsibility to make money for the label to get a second deal, a third deal, whatever. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I bought his album. I don't know if you know this one. I bought nice. his album before I knew who he was. Very you. good, right? Like, that's I, good, though. I, that's that, good, though. And, and you know what? We, we spoke about this, but I, I, I need to tell you, like, it's funny yeah. that, like, I just saw, like, I'm like, yo, this dude's from Montreal. He's in HMV. This is a big deal. I'm like, I have to support this. I'm fresh out of high school. I'm right, like, right, this, right. I'm bumping the... Thank you. I, 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 uh, it's been 10, 12 years since I've heard it, but you put that on today. I know at least three, four songs off my heart. Nice. Without you. a doubt. Anyway, so enough and about you know me. What? And you know what? <laughs> we cool took, though. we took, and going back to what we're saying, we took, I took years to make that first record perfect mm -hmm. to, uh, to put my best foot forward out. And I'm happy I did because this, to this day, it's a big deal. It, 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 it's still a good body of work. And I think up. that's mm -hmm. something that maybe a lot of people rush into, right? In, 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 in the culture we're in, it's a fast food culture. Exactly. Content needs to go out six to eight times daily. Yeah. Everybody's rushing shit, right. putting half mixed shit out there. And my concern is, I'm like you said, I'm pro technology. With, the, with one button, you can send your track for free to 20,000 DJs. You, you're it. a fool if you're not taking advantage of You can make your video on a that. phone. Great. You know what I mean? It's great. That I did one for Pesci said, last week on my phone. That was that? In a couple weeks. I have a low Pesci music video in a couple weeks. We filmed it on, on, on a steady cam on my phone the whole thing. Well, yeah, they're That's doing dope. movies on phones. So why dope. not? That's dope. But that should not, at the same time, the quality shouldn't go down because of that. That's right. right. That's that the shouldn't thing. be the bar. That that's the thing. You know, Fine, you could use like let's say you know use the technology. and I'm 100 percent behind it, but you still got to put in at least good have 30, 40 videos on your belt before you start fucking around with the cell phone videos. And my <laughs> and, and 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 my 
concerned, you know, as just as a hip hop lover, mm. as a purist, as an right. enthusiast, forget an artist, is at what point does the culture go <laughs> degenerate in terms of quality control? Mm. And I think that it's up to some of the, the OGs, the Jay-Zs and the Diddies to start doing some quality control. To being like, you know what, young guys, we're going to give you deals, we're going to help you, but we got to make sure that there's a minimum level of quality. Do you not think now. it's too far but, gone, know, guys? When, when the quality comes in, then there's quantity. And if these dudes are bringing in the dollars and making the money and the crowd and the audiences are accepting of it, then there's really, I find there's not a huge incentive unless you're like, you know, you're really genuine from the heart and you're like, you know what, we got to... But if we are not, this. well, I know me and you are. Yeah. We're all three on the same page. Yeah. We are, we are those guys. We care. But that being said, at what point does hip hop fizzle out and become like jazz music which is always going to be a respected yeah. art form but not necessarily in the forefront and i've always felt like we are in danger of losing this mat this fucking massive movement if we do not at least keep a certain quality control and i think that's the responsibility of mm. the big players the j princes and the j's and masterpiece to be gatekeepers to be like yo I don't give a fuck. If you guys want to rap on some trap shit on a slower tempo, whatever, more power to you. But make sure the vocals are good. Make sure the rhymes are at least you put a little effort into your pen game. And let's keep the fucking let's keep it at an I eight. love I love that. My question is, what happens when you got a guy like XXX, right? Rest in peace. But he who, was talented. He, uh, we uh, shouldn't use him talent, as but, an example. Uh, Peep would be another one where it's like uh, they put out music that's distorted on purpose mm. so that it can't play on the radio because they're trying to be counterculture. But hold on. What, where does that fit into hold that on. mold where it's like you can't play this on if the radio? If you're the doing some shit all... on purpose because it's a vibe mm. and it's like a, the dirty mix sounds cool or whatever... I get that. I respect okay. that. That's okay. like wearing an outfit. You know what I mean? Like, like example, like take Don's rugby. We would wear that same rugby back in the day with the smaller pony, mm -hmm. but it was two sizes bigger. Yeah. Right? There's nothing wrong with re, uh, you know, repurposing styles. Like mm -hmm. now that's the style. But if he came in with one arm ripped off, <laughs> and one caller out, you know what I mean? And then you'd be like, yeah, I see what you're doing, yeah. but it's not hitting the mark. Right, right, I right. get that it's a polo rugby, yeah. but we're being a little too ironic now. You feel yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. And I just think that we all can so, agree so as long as, as long on as a you're, status quo. Yeah, I, I understand what you're You know saying. what I'm saying? And I get that. I mean, because I've come up from playing the music, from yeah. being listening to it to playing the music. Yeah. And of course it's changed. Lyrically it's changed. Sonically it's changed. And, and I'm cool with all and of I'm that. And I'm cool with that because it has to evolve. Everything I evolves. love boom bap 90s rap, but it has to evolve. It can't stay there forever. And I agree. We're, when, when you it talk doesn't about need to. the level mm -hmm. and the quality of it, we're, we're kind of comparing it to the 90s, what was the bar that was set in the 90s, which it's no longer, that's not the same bar. That's now. not the bar. It's not the bar. And anymore. it can't be the bar. And it can't be. It, it can't be the bar. We can't dress like Biggie for the rest and of it, our and lives. And it doesn't have to be. But check this out. That's not what I'm saying. Mm. I'm saying if you're going to sing, Sing like T-Pain, mm. not like someone who's never sang before. Mm. If you're going to rap, you don't have to be Jay or Nas, but like make sure you're at least like a solid seven songs. and a half. Like <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and yeah. if it's slower tempo But dudes are like chatty. a two on ten and they're making the song in 12 minutes, ah, freestyling that, it. But this is when we're crashing and burning as a culture. When the effort is not... I'll give you a great example. Styles P and Dave East just put out a project. Mm. Everybody's giving it great reviews. Dave East is a young cat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Trendy dude. But he's, he's, 
he's respecting he's that, that culture that. by doing this shit with Styles P. And Styles P is benefiting from a new cat like Davies who respects his lineage. Right. And that's pushing the culture forward. And I don't just mean 90s hip hop. I just mean the art form. Mm -hmm. I think there's a difference when you get the little this and the little that who make an album in one hour and who just shit right, out right. content mindlessly. And when a Kendrick or a Drake or a Cole gets on, you see a difference in impact in the culture right there. The Definitely. And, it, and, it's, and it's something that's going to last a little longer. Exactly. It's like, exactly. now you mentioned the little, like a little pump, Gucci Gang. You know, cute song. We always had one hit number. And one. that's like, that's some stuff. I'm going to bump that in the club and I'll play that in the club. And no I'd hate. to see the reaction. No, and you know, I like the pump uh, Kanye song. I, I just think, I, like I think there's room for, for, everything. for everything. But there was always little pumps. There was uh, do the stanky leg. There was them franchise boys. There I, I was think that was the start of young, the whole yeah, movement. Of course. <laughs> there was, there was always. There the was trendier uh, rap, the in style the rap. The one hit wonders, yeah. the one hit wonders. I look, at the end of the day, I look at it, I'm like, you know, that's their lane. Yeah. They're doing them. They're not, they're not gonna be lyrical. Post no. Malone has come out. He's like, I'm not a lyrical dude. I'm not gonna be a lyrical dude. But you know, what? Post but Malone, I'll make some catchy shit. But Post, that everybody's gonna but sing. But Post along, Malone right? is a talented, is a talented songwriter dude. and a talented singer. Post Malone doesn't classify himself as a rapper. No, that's why I don't hate on Post Malone. Yeah. Post Malone's like, I'm a singer songwriter. Yeah. I'm a kid who likes to make songs, and he's he's artistic. We shouldn't hate on that. And I've always said there should be different categories for guys like Joey Badass and Action Bronson and guys like Bless yeah, yeah, yeah. and guys like Little Peep and whoever, you know, whatever. These should be subgenres at this point because hip hop has grown to be a multi yeah, multifaceted yeah, thing, yeah. right? So you can't really put like, you know, Kendrick and little whoever and say who has the album of the year. It's a joke. Mm -hmm. it, they don't make the There's same. Be well, it depends category. who you're asking, right? Well, I just don't think it should be categorized together. together That's right. all. Okay. There's adult contemporary rock. There's heavy metal. Yeah. There's this. There's that. There, so should, there should be, be trap. There should be yeah, like happy yes. raps. Whatever you want to call it. There should be you know uh, you know like different subgenres Sub of hip hop. There has sense. to be. But I think there already is right. Like there's those people that. But when they, you go, they don't have it in terms of the charting. And in terms of like the award shows, they don't break it down. But you right. have, but they, they, they have to. all those subgenres. Well, yes, yes, but I mean, there's pretty much how many genres? There's trap, yeah. there's boom bap, there's the boom bap, and there's what now? Well, you know what? There's, there's I would say, uh, is there even R and B in anymore? No, you see my there point. Is, but yeah. there is, but there isn't. Yeah, there's R and B. There's the R and B. People are like, oh, Weekend's my favorite rapper. Yeah. Really, I didn't know Weekend rapped. Yeah, Post Malone's a great rapper. Really, I didn't know Post Malone rapped. Everything is just kind of like, right? Because just blending. Well, because that's the internet. Hip hop became popular yeah. music, guys. Hip hop big, been popular a, music. You know, like when I when I first started listening to hip hop, you were buying it like cigarettes behind the counter, mm. and now it's like it's in the forefront. You 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 go to uh, like any radio, like what, what's the big radio now? The one Q ninety two switched to the beat. The beat. The, beat. the beat's playing hip hop. Like, they have to. Everybody right? has to play they have to. Now. Whether they want to or not, they have. When to. Everybody start, has to when play hip hop. You started, you were the only one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nobody so was touching that. The stuff. game's changed now. But don't you find hip hop was already popular music slash pop culture when Big and Jay For and, us, and but Pac not. had their run? That's when it took off, like took majorly. The fuck off, and bro. it took the industry time to catch at least up. in Canada. Yeah. Oh God, it, in it Canada, took Canada. You know what it was? Like, oh shit! This this is not just a fad. This Done. is real. Nobody was playing our shit at radio except for you and Flo in Toronto. Right. That was it because Canadian standards, if you didn't have a female R&B singer on some Ja Rule shit on your beat, we weren't, e they weren't even 
considering right. giving you rotation. You need that like, don't body. even submit it, bless. No, no, no. I know. What? There's scra- what? scratches? Oh, God. Don't do that. Well, shit. When Rihanna put out Umbrella, they weren't playing the Jay-Z verse on it. That's so... And, and was, we were so Jay-Z. behind. We were so behind. And, and Jay-Z they, was already here. Was like. already there. Even when the one came out, DJ Khaled, they cut off half of the verses that came... They cut off Lil Wayne on it, I believe. They just kept on like the Beaver and the Quavo verse. Yeah, it's so bad. They cut off all the... And this was like... This is 2000, what, 16? Right, a couple years ago. And they're still doing it. Yeah. Even when Hotline Bling came out, I heard... Uh, oh, man. What's that folksy... Uh, was it Sam Smith? They had a Sam Smith version of Hotline oh, yeah. Bling that was getting... Oh, I did hear that. That was playing on the radio more than the Drake version. Dude, They'll play it at night, but you'll never hear it during the daytime. Crazy, so crazy. Canada has always been, unfortunately, especially Montreal, has always been... A little behind. A little behind. And I don't we're, know why we're, that we're is. divided too, right? We have a whole French sector that wants 50% of the airplay. Um, I, I don't even know if it's that. You don't think I so? don't know if it's the powers that be that just... They don't connect with the music, like the guys that are that call the shots. They don't connect with the music, and they're just like, "No, we're not feeling this. Yeah. This is not the product that we're going to be putting out on our radio right. shows." And but you see, Avenco gets it. You can't have Oshiaga without hip hop headliners on That's it. That's right. You see, there's every other week there's a hip hop show at the That's Bell right. Center, and That's they sell right. out. Jake Cole was just there what last week or and the week even uh, Il Sonic. Yeah, they brought French. They you brought- can't ignore it. No. And Ilsonic traditionally is 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 an electronic yeah, festival. An festival. What's, what's but they the, have to the have a hip hop stage. What goes hand in hand? That's what's right. the rock one? Heavy MTL. Heavy MTL. I went a couple years ago. Stoop has been there MGK for that. MGK was there. there like you you, they, all the genres are it. bleeding together. That's right. The kids that love the heavy metal love Snoop Dogg, and they, and, right. and they love. The but I knew also. I knew 15 years ago fusion is where it was heading. But you could already see. You could already see. Hip hop started exactly. It started like everything was always sample based, and the ultimate mashup, the original mashup, was Run DMC and Aerosmith. And then I know you would remember as a DJ there was a time in the mid 2000s where being like mashup DJ was the new hot thing yeah, yeah. playing old rock you know what I mean with a hip hop and blending Do you guys them remember the Judgment Night soundtrack blew yes, my do. mind back in the day it was I like do. hardcore rock groups that were like A-list rock groups mm-hmm. With at the time a list rappers, well, so it was Ice like, T was, was at the forefront. Of it. Ice T was on it. Yeah. Uh, Cube body was count. On it. Body count. Yeah. Right. Uh, Cypress Hill was on it. It was like like more of the rock ish rappers, West Coast guys mainly. But you had like the I don't remember what it was, but it was like Nine Inch Nails and uh, I want to say Aerosmith. But like there was like more like rock groups mixed in with this. Judgment Night was a movie with Emilio Estevez, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And this soundtrack, I remember buying it and being like, 15 tracks of rock rap mashup. Well, the West Coast was ahead of that. They went hand in hand. Yeah. Rage Against the Machine always yeah. toured with Public Enemy. Right. Biscuit was a big one. That Limp Biscuit was Limp the Biscuit. first. Was the first. Um, they signed me pre Guru. Oh wow! I don't know if really? you knew that. They yeah. didn't know that. Pre Def Jam fight go. for New York. Tell them, please. Uh, uh, my first major deal was with uh, Limp wow. Biscuit. Was with Fred Durst, and I went on tour with them, and that was the beginning of me kind of like meeting people in the game. And then I met Guru a couple years later, and then ended That's up coming dope. out through that lane. But yeah, there was there was a rock rap tie-in, but I wasn't really feeling no rock rap mashup. My palate was too ignorant but, but, right. you know but at the same time you could have just done you and it would have been all right i mean we wanted to it didn't play out that mm-hmm. way but um you know shout out fred durst and shit and um but you want to hear an interesting tie-in because we just fell on that so the ultimate troll that everybody's talking about especially Six, in nine. this bingo <laughs> and guess who just landed the he just produced Six Nine's new single with bobby schmurder my boy lethal from limb biscuit wow also hmm. from house of pain produced that track just yes Wow. DJ Lethal produced new six nine, so everything comes full circle in this business. Strange, yeah. Um, Don, Let's I, keep moving with Don. Yeah, Smooth. no, I got one for you, Don. Yes. Um, 
you've seen just about every hip-hop act in the city come and go and yeah. some of them stuck around yes who are some of the guys and just like throw a couple names some of your favorites maybe some guys that didn't get their just due that maybe should have made it or maybe stopped too early give me a couple names of people that like even... oh there's there's a long list mm -hmm. and i'm gonna leave some out obviously i'm gonna forget some i can't name everybody of course so sorry to any of you guys if i didn't right. name you but i got you in mind guys um, that you think deserved it a couple um Elias comes to mind as a dude that I really enjoyed his music. Like he was a really talented dude and put together so like sonically, like very solid material and lyrically he was fantastic. Um, Elias definitely uh, pops into my mind. Of some of the other ones that have made a lot of noise for themselves and have been very consistent, uh, Magnum, mm -hmm. uh, Eye Blast, which is I dot Blicky now. Uh, Boy Blue. Boy Blue had a movement. He had when he had that that. Uh, oh man, I'm from not this time. Not I'm from Montreal. Uh, hometown. Hometown. Hometown was a like, big deal. He had people feeling so proud, like you know when he dropped that. Important. Very important. He he. That was a good look. Uh, Cease Rock. Bigger I don't know if you remember if you were at that show um, at the the Belmont when he did uh, he he did a, a one man show well he had like features and what that but it was like his effort to, to put out his CD and whatnot mm -hmm. and i was like wow like cease rock came through and killed it full course cease rock's know. more of like an artist's artist like yeah. he's bigger than rap for me like that's like you talk to him and you get that that vibe of like real artistic it, it, expression you, you know to, what i mean these are people you know cease is a guy that he's been doing that as long as i've known cease before i knew cease rock i knew cease rock right you know what I mean? He's always been a guy that's always been there in the scene, re true b-boy, doing his hip-hop thing, and he, he's very, he respects the culture, and he, he it shows in his 100%. music and how he Guys, if you don't know Seize Rock, go Google that right now. Oh, yeah. Keep going, please. Lopeshi, uh, 80 Rock, Borden, who mm. I haven't seen in a long time. Borden was a beast they're, with it. They're working on projects. Funny you say both their names. Yeah, because I know they did we 180 had on. Rock. We had, okay. uh, we had they, 80 and Lopeshi. Lo there, there the I'm first. sitting on probably about 30, 40 Borden Pesci tracks that have nice. yet to be released. They want to do eight-track EPs or six-track EPs and flood it when it's time. But they're sitting on 30, 40 songs of wow. just Borden Pesci, entirely produced by Pesci. That's good to know. You're telling me stuff I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, no, it's going to be fun. It's like over the time after, you know, with, with things changed, like everybody started like separating and going back into their corners and i was not hearing or seeing the stuff as much as as before i but think i think there's so much talent in the city and and one thing i want to add and i want to let all the, the the artists out there know montreal a lot of people think like you know montreal looks at us as like the little cousin or the little brother montreal has a i mean toronto has a lot of respect for montreal of course i was out in toronto a couple of times uh for the stylist dj awards I was and there. while i was there I, I met with like you know program director from Flow at the time Wayne Williams and other people and they were fully aware of Montreal talent. Oh yeah, and they respect Montreal. I ended up being a judge on the Juno committee for the hip hop category oh, wow. for several years. I just stepped down last year. Nice. Wow. I was for about ten years. I was on the the Juno committee for the hip hop category, and they said, "Listen, Montreal is the second biggest city in Canada. We're not getting submissions. We're not getting to That's hear right. en enough representation from Montreal. We need more." So like they pulled me on and they said, "Come on and let's bring." in more Montreal talent because they right. respect Montreal. Absolutely. So for all of you out there watching, Toronto got respect for Montreal because a lot of people that feel good. that, you know, Toronto ain't got, it's not like that at all. They and, respect And you Montreal. know what? Everybody starts somewhere and interesting enough, Don was talking about the stylist. First time I ever met Drake was at the Stylist Awards. Likewise. I, no, I, it's the first time I almost met Drake. True story, <laughs> I have to put it down here. I went to the okay. stylist. It was, uh, that was the year when Papoose was that the year that you were there? Papoose and Krupp were there. Yeah, he, yeah, we were all there and I was nominated for the Rod Digga video. That right. I and 
I was there. This is before. This was Aubrey Graham from Degrassi. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he was, was not just actor. Exactly. He was Aubrey Graham from Degrassi. Very humble, by the way. And I had gotten called. I was coming up. It was maybe the second time that I did the Stylist Awards. And uh, but at this time, Papoose was there. This is when Papoose just signed the million dollar aftermath deal. Corrupt was there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Belly like, was there. Belly was there. Drake was there. I was there. This is the real so, beginnings of what would be. And, and I got there and they're like, oh, we, we got, you know, we got here's some of the interviews. They're like, oh, you want to interview Drake from Degrassi? And I was like, oh, okay. This was like even before replacement girl with Trey Songs, which was his first. Right. Yeah. International. This is like a year like, or two oh, before yeah, okay. that. We'll I was like, oh, but Cardinal is here. I was like, Corrupt is here, Papoose is here, yeah. And Drake, like you said, super humble. Dude super was humble. solo. Like, he was just walking around, just hoodie happy to on. Meet people, man. And just happy to meet people. And, like, nobody was paying any attention to right. him whatsoever. It was just like, oh, it's the kid from Degrassi. Mm -hmm. right. The next year, two years later, oh, yeah. it's a wrap. He's not, he's not even showing up anymore. <laughs> no, you know, know what? He came. Yeah. At one year, I'm sure that you were there for that year also. I did the Guru tribute. Yes. I made a speech yes. for Guru yes. when he passed away. Yeah. Yeah. And me and a bunch of Toronto guys like performed different Guru songs. And Drake had just blown up. And that was mm. probably the last time they've seen him and on that, that level. Last time. And I remember, and at that time, he was there was no interviews anymore. The no, office no, interviews no. were no longer there. And <laughs> he was leaving with, um, what's the dude, Preem. Mm -hmm. in, in the Maybach. I think he came to, to say Just like, hi Toronto, I'm yeah, here now. Yeah, yeah. See we me now. It. The year before, that goes to show yeah, like what could happen in a year. One year. This dude was walking around in his hoodie the year before and mm -hmm. then when I saw him, he was leaving in the Maybach. Yeah. All iced out and pretty everything dope. was good. It's yeah. pretty dope. It's a great story. It's a great story. Cool. You know what? Never Just, underestimate nobody. And <laughs> stay consistent. You never know yeah. where you might end up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I have a question. Sure. So we heard some of the nightmare stories of shows. What is some of the crazy... One of the craziest shows you played and one of the craziest interviews or people you got to interview that just oh, really stuck out. Maybe that, that go, go crazy. Off the top of my, my head, I went to interview, I got to interview uh, General Steele and uh, Buckshot. Mm. I went okay. to the hotel, they were staying somewhere. It was one of the hotels, I don't know, maybe it's called the Omni now, whatever, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I showed up to the interview. These dudes are mad cool. They were doing a show at the Belmont that same night. I think it was one of those times like when they do like their, the whole first album of each individual artist. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we got in there and it was just a haze, a haze of smoke. And that was my smoking days. And I was like, okay, you know, we're sitting down, we cool. And they just started rolling up, rolling up. And they were just, for th I sat down and I smoked with these dudes for like three hours and they never stopped. And the chick came from High Times, brought them some more shit, brought them some hash. <laughs> okay. And they were just smoking. And I'm just sitting there, I'm like, Fuck, I'm just hearing I'm just hearing the music. I'm like, fuck, I'm hearing who got the props. Now you're like, this town. makes so much and more I'm like, sense. Fuck, I'm sitting here. I used to sit here and with my friends and smoke and listen to their music. And yeah. now I'm sitting down smoking with the people that made the music. And they were like the most down-to-earth dudes. And you'd be surprised sometimes what these guys are like very educated. And they were just like on politics and business and like not. Well, they had a big shit. run. A lot of people forget that boot camp had New York for like two Yo, years, bro. They had a lock. And did you know that when that when that whole East West Coast thing was really at its peak with Pac and Big, Pac had reached out to Buckshot and Bootcamp and they were working on an album. Yeah. He brought oh, them yeah. to the West Coast well, and Pac and Bootcamp were working mm. on an album. That's a fact. Never knew you guys that. Could look that up. Oh, that's cool. Never shit. knew that. Yeah. Interesting. But because they, were, they had a run, bro. For for many years. For me, I'm if, I'm sure you were the same. That was a big influence. Yeah. At that time, there was no bigger to this day in my live show. I always put out um na 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 na. Yeah. I always drop that when I do my freestyle. Well, that, and it was a big deal too, because in one of the videos, I think it was Buckshot in the. Uh 
Got your open video. He was mm. rocking the Canadians Habs jersey. Oh hell yeah! And back that, then, just, with the like just to be acknowledged what? was like damn. You know but you know I mean? who else did that after Capadonna? Ghostface. Oh, Capadonna. Capadonna. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Shout yeah, out yeah. Capadonna. I remember seeing Be Real with a Habs hat on and getting really excited. Like as a kid, there was like a picture that circulated. <laughs> it was exciting. It was we're a big deal. That was a big deal we're because you know we're not, we're not even thinking that they're aware of that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? But here right. they are rocking it. And really, they probably just wore it because it they're matched their outfit. Either it matched their outfit or it's like nobody in the states is rocking Habs jersey. What the fuck? Is this? Oh, it's the I actually uh, I lost my shit once when Steven Jackson, uh, Indiana Pacers, like NBA champion Steven Jackson, was wearing an Epic Mealtime logo shirt. Uh, and he, he's a rapper, right? So he yeah, put yeah. out a rap video and he's wearing two, three outfits in the video, but one of them was the logo shirt and like he bought it. We didn't send it to him. And then I did a little bit more back research and found out that he's got a stylist who buys him t-shirts for the week and he never wears the same shirt twice. Wow. So it had nothing to do with him. It was just like <laughs> some girl that's on payroll brought him a shirt that was trendy, I guess. But, but hey, it was rocking your I, shirt. He was wearing our logo <laughs> shirt. It was all good. At the end of the day. But yeah, funny. that was definitely a highlight. That was a good moment. Um, seeing Ghostface uh, live was was Which incredible. Which one? It was a that was the time when they, they did the Dutch appreciation at uh, Club Soda. Club Soda Club with... Soda? with uh, uh, wasn't like part of D Block or someone there? Styles P, someone? Yeah, um, Sheik Luch. Sheik. Sheik Luch. Sheik. Funny story with that show. Yeah. Master Killers there mm -hmm. selling merch. Nobody knew who he was. Wow. And I got really mad watching it. He was at the merch booth. Nobody knew <laughs> Nobody his Master Killers. Not cool. Well, one so that, night that I, was a good show, though. Great one, show. One Sharon opened that show. One that was night I was, uh, I was with Jizza and Inspector Deck at Buonanote. Nobody knew who the fuck they were. Fuck. I think a lot of times people see them and just think, hey, that looks like so-and-so. Right. Yeah, and they're that, like, why would they be like here? That. Especially in Montreal. And yeah. in Buena Note, it's like, just don't step on my shoes and we're cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was a good one. Um, okay, I got one. Sure. That I want to know personally, this is my own. How did the voice of this city, like, when did that come about? Who gave that to you? How many years did you have to work for that one? I'm curious to know, because you are 100%. Right. How did... How did that happen? What was the progression to be that guy? Like, how did it come that, about? That's a big um, title. Once you start DJing as a club DJ, right. and I was a club DJ, and anyone who knows me from back then, I was a club DJ. I never, I hated talking on the mic. Interesting. I never ever spoke on the where mic. Where did you? And my boy saying used to kill the mic, and like people were. Where did you start club scene wise? Because we know you started, you know, in club the, scene wise. Um, where was First, where were the more notable after the the the, the church hall party exactly exactly after that. you got after you're really confident and you're like yo i'm don smooth you made your name now you're playing clubs are you playing platinum are you playing um what was the i was motions motions club motions what was the spot i went there when i was a kid first time i ever heard it's a hard knock like but it was new yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It was it was one of the best clubs I went to when I was a kid. Um, you know where Emberger is now? Downtown. Yes. I don't know. Every time I go downtown, I feel like a tourist. I don't Fuck, recognize. Bro, anybody. what was the <laughs> I think name it's Crescent, of this like on the corner club? Crescent, no, it Saint wasn't Catherine. Crescent. But it was just off Maisonneuve. Okay. And um, it, it, it it's where Emberger was now. Fuck, what was the name of it, bro? I if I say if it comes to me, you played there a million percent, bro. Well, there was like a Thursdays on a Friday or a Fridays on a Thursday. That was like hip hop nonstop. I forget. It was, it was near Prince Arthur on Saint Laurent. Angels. Angels. Was oh, it? this is before I, Angels though. We were heavy. Angels, in Angels was like I think it's Rouge now, right? Yeah, or we it's were around the corner. We were heavy in Angels by that. I was living okay. Angels. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is pre. This, this is pre. when Bless is sneaking in the club. Mm, okay. This is when my older sister's like. Just You're not keep supposed your to be head here. Low, I'm gonna tip him. 
This is yellow, not a Kajakis. <laughs> this is not Jay's not yes. that famous yet. Yeah, yeah, this okay. is like you're, you're sneaking in the club and it's amazing. <laughs> no, this, but to, to answer your question, you said the when I started the club scene, Motions yeah. was probably my breakout yeah. club. I, I wasn't really fully known yet, maybe mm -hmm. in, a, in a smaller circle. I remember Motions. But Motions was like R&B, hip-hop, reggae, right. yeah. like Before. It still wasn't was a downtown club. yet. But hard, not hardcore, like thuggy well, hardcore. I'm thinking the like motions, you had to the rock motions a suit. Was, yeah. You still had to rock. Like people were rocking Remember suits Platinum? in those oh, wow. days and whatnot to go out. Remember Platinum? Of course. Platinum was right around the corner. That was our big competition. Mm. And uh, there was Delray. There was a whole bunch. There was, there was that vibe for a while. But then towards the big 90s, like you'd mentioned earlier, when Pac and Biggie and the whole bad boy movement. Yes. Hip hop then all of a sudden started to get very commercial. Yeah. And all of a sudden now it became mandatory because before clubs was strictly MC Mario, dance, That's dance, right. dance, That's dance, right. dance, That's dance. Right. And they wanted then to keep was a the, demand. our culture out of the club. But the kids wanted it. Yeah. So then could. I started getting bookings on Crescent and on yeah. Saint Laurent. Yeah. Because all those techno and house guys, they're like, who they, do could, we they get didn't to... know what to do yeah. with the music. Yeah. Right. And that's when I started getting introduced to a wider audience. Mm -hmm. And I was on Crescent doing the sessions and, and, and different spots. Sessions. Like that. that was sessions a great was one. Sessions was a big one. I did my 17th birthday at Sessions. <laughs> sessions, sessions ran for years. I think it's years. still running now. And they just changed names. different names. Now it's, yeah. I think it's Authority or something. Sessions. But, yeah. uh, they just sell the club with a little bit of a debt and that's it. Keep it moving. <laughs> Honestly, they never. It was the same owners for years. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. yeah it was a group. Okay. They owned a whole group, bunch of nightclubs in Montreal. They would just switch switch the name out. Give me give me the voice of the city, please. A voice of the city. I don't remember the exact moment. Like there, there wasn't a guy who said, you're that guy now. You know what? Truth be told, it was my cousin that used to like say it. You're the voice of the city. But it really, it hit when... Um, when it stuck. In the right? Montreal mirror. 2008, I was, uh, okay. I was voted the number one radio host in the city. In the Montreal mirror. Respect. And uh, in the article, the guy said... I think like the title of it or somewhere in the article it said gives a voice for the unheard and Ooh. then we just it's such a catchy it. it's such a and catchy and said alright I'm the voice of the city it propelled after it that propelled it's after so that. catchy so I'm sure I, I'm, cool. I'm, I'm surprised cool. nobody else beat you to that no it's so it's, and it's simple <laughs> effective and, and it's great it's, the it's, voice it's, of the it's one of the but I don't feel anyone was doing what I was doing before that no not to that extent no it's the cleanest and it's like no one's questioning that. It's not like a T.I. King of the South kind of yeah, deal. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, not, And it's, it's good that you say that because no one's ever come and said, well, who gives you the right to call yourself that? Nobody has ever challenged Why it. Why would you? It's not They've always smooth. accepted it. But you couldn't because you really had the main platform. Yeah. You were the voice of the city. Yeah. That's a fact. And you still are. Well, I appreciate because that. Because you're consistent and you've been doing your thing and you're still doing it and we're going to keep doing it with platforms like this. So talk to us now. Yes, let's we, talk about we, 2018. We, right? Where's Don Smooth? We, we stepped, you stepped away from the show. So you got the history rundown? We got thank, the history. Thank you. All right. You've been DJing. You've been DJing yeah. since you were a kid. Yeah. Came up on that real shit, sold the guitar, yeah. got nice, worked your way up in the club scene. Club scene. Also, let them know I produce records. I put out two records. Please. 2000 and 2001. I did those like break beats, like the Crooklyn Clown style dope, records. Dope, dope. Very cool. actually, Aviate records. Aviate like. style records. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Dollar Bill Records. They were dope. produced by um, Fat Beats Distributed. Amazing. Throughout New York. I didn't know that. Yeah. I know the guys from DJ Eclipse and those guys from Fat Beats. I managed. I, I made two of those. Good and for one you. of my highlights was I was in New York and DJ Ace was playing it on WBLS. I believe dope. at the time. Dope. I didn't know that. Yeah. So Thank I produced two like party break records. So stepping away from radio, yeah. daily radio, yeah. what are you up to now? I imagine you're still DJing, of course. Well, I'm still DJing, but you know, as time goes on, like now when I start, I'm focusing more on like corporate and um, schools. There's a, there's a huge market there. Like I, I don't, I, 
don't want to do the clubs forever. You, you have to evolve. 100%. I can't be done smooth in the club forever. More corporate events, community-based, government then, kind exactly. of grants. So, and, and with that coming in, you know, a lot of the events during the Christmas time, during the grad season, a lot of the events always fall during the same time. So what I've done now is I've gotten a lot of up-and-coming and, and young DJs Absolutely. come up. So I build a company. It's a little DSG. agency. Yeah, mm -hmm. DSG and company. It's Don Smooth Garrett and company. That's my real uh, name. Dope. And um, so I get the, a team of these DJs now, and I get these bookings, and I send them out. If someone specifically insists on me being there, then for sure, by all means, I'll do but it. But they got to pay extra. But that, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to build on that. So I want to build on it that the DJing will still going, be, continue going on. The name will you continue going on. You want to build the agency. But I won't necessarily have to be there doing it. Natural progression. So that's what I'm trying to uh, do. Tell us the website. Tell us where, uh, your social media handles, where they could find you social if they want media, to book you guys. Google me, Don Smooth. Everything is there. I'm so proud of that. I tell my son that. My son is, just became a teenager. Very cool. And I tell, tell your friends, you could just Google my Go dad. look it up. That's right. <laughs> you know what? No, but yeah, you could get the Instagrams, the Twitters, uh, the Facebook. What's your Instagram? Let's give them Don that. Smooth 514. Uh, Don Smooth 514. Twitter's the same. Don Smooth 514. Uh, on the Facebook, it's Don Smooth Garrett. Like I said, Google Don Smooth and everything will be there. And for all your corporate events, holler at the voice of nice the city. Guy. Definitely. Professional. Like thank you for everything you've done, Don. Seriously. Thank you, thank you for fun, everything man. you've done and thank you for coming on. And I, hope, and I hope you come join us as, uh, as a reoccurring uh, um, if you're, guest if you're around, panel, please. panel uh, expert. I had a good time. I would come back anytime. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. For Moment of truth. I love it. Moment of truth. Your boy Bless Lemmy, the legend Don Smooth. We keep pumping, we keep pushing.